Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, episode 103, brought to you by the Los Angeles Fire Department outside my house. Um, yeah, there's kind of a fire near my house, but supposedly no structures imminently uh, threatened. So uh, hopefully we'll finish this episode before I'm asked to vacate the premises. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Radio Trivia. Um, Why, thank you. It's good to be here. Yes. Hello, Johnny. Who am I? Johnny is my co-host this week. Oh, I am. <laughs> I wish is. someone had told me. <laughs> I just showed up and you started recording. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we got a good lineup. Uh, Johnny's pretty much playing in the dark. I think uh-huh. he knows one game. I know one game, but I don't know. I don't know what order you're. <laughs> so, I literally use the phrase, and maybe this is a clue, but I use the phrase, "Can I pick it out of a lineup?" So <laughs> it's not a good game. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Welcome to 103, everybody. <laughs> Too strong. Too strong. Too strong. Too strong. song started i joked is this a moby song but that actually could be a moby song (laughs) (laughs) lindemann must like this game actually billy is a big fan of uh, of moby billy berghammer That was pretty bad. Yeah. Are your ears bleeding yet? Is this going to be a theme of a show? <laughs> More on that later. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Here's your question, Johnny. Mm. Which stand-up comedian provided the creative origins for this um, franchise?
That was the song? Yes. <laughs> wow. And it's actually, uh, if I recall horribly from my own personal experience, um, that is actually the music from the first level in the game. You, why have you played? Music. Why have you played this game? Well, uh, there's a little bit of a history of this game. Do you know what game this is, John? It sounds like Baybay's Kids. <laughs> it is Baybay's Kids. Yeah. Yes. I played this game because we used it. <laughs> also, uh, why do a... I know that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a better question. <laughs> but no, I, I would like to know why you have played Baybay's Kids. Was this on a dare? This, no, this was related to Radio Trivia. This was way back when, a long time ago. I don't know why Baby's Kids was a running gag, but uh, it was a running it gag a, on the prob- live show. Probably because of Sean Baby. He had a great, great article about Baby's Kids. This was, you know, one of his worst games ever made or whatever. Oh, it is definitely a terrible game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. It was probably near the beginning of the live show. I, maybe I had just started hosting it, or maybe you were still hosting it most of the time, but I was helping out. But we, this is a running gag, like, we have to use this game. <laughs> but back then, it was I guess I couldn't find a, a copy of the music online, but I could find a ROM for the game online. So I actually played the game while recording music from it. I love it that someone has pirated Bebe's kids. <laughs> someone said, you know what? This game needs to be ripped for posterity. <laughs> if some random user on the internet decides they want to play Bebe's kids, I got to make that happen. Well, the, the worst part is, of, of course, you have to have three songs for Radio Trivia. And the first so, I mean, obviously you could use the title screen, except it is like Bebe's kids. Bebe's kids. <laughs> Bebe's kids. <laughs> So, not I hope good to hear it over trivia. this conversation, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you will hear it over this conversation. Mm, so. But um, the point is, I actually had to get to the third level in the game, if I recall correctly. Maybe the second. Maybe there was like a level select or introductory cutscene music I could get. But I had to play at least one full level of this game in order to get three songs. Mm. And it was terrible. Let me tell you about <laughs> it. Uh <laughs> It is a, you know, it's a brawler kind of, I guess, Streets of Rage style, but the collision detection is abysmal. I mean, you cannot, it's like they'll punch you from far away and you'll be hurt, or you'll punch them and nothing will happen, and, and it just, uh, I mean, you heard the music, I mean. Uh. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, like a poor imitation of the Simpsons arcade game, isn't it? Kind of, but I don't, I don't think they're like multiple characters that have interesting different aspects to him of any sort uh i'm not even sure if it's multiplayer i'd hope it's multiplayer at least yeah but um it, it just it's not at all fun yeah it, it, it is unfun well it, look it's a movie licensed game from a period when there were almost no good licensed games from su- the super nintendo era is just abysmal for licensed properties true and I mean, almost a total wasteland other than maybe Mickey Mouse. I mean, I can't think of really any other property that was done justice in the 16-bit era. Aladdin. I'll give you Aladdin. Yeah, okay. But not, man, they were few and far between, that's for sure. I mean, compared uh, to the 8-bit era, definitely. Right, the 8-bit era, yeah. You had a lot of Capcom stuff, but, yeah. So, uh... And, and and it's a it's a bad game, and it's based on really a not very good movie either. I don't know that anyone who really loves Bay Bay's kids does or even remember the movie. Even remembers I mean, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so the 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 movie was based on I guess like a running stand up comedy bit, or or maybe like kind of a 
short acting skit bit by Robin Harris. I'm not familiar with the comedian. I'm not familiar with his work. I don't know if it was actually funny or not. I think it's maybe not. a female comedian. Oh, well, Com- maybe. Comedian. But I, I'm not positive about that because I'm not familiar with this person either. Um, but the, from what I can gather from the... I'm at actually at IMDb right now looking at the synopsis for Bebe's Kid. It's probably the first hit they've had on this page in about five years. <laughs> and from what I can tell, it sounds kind of like something... You know, kind of like a Roseanne Barr type stand-up thing where, you know, she's maybe like a working mother and talking about her crazy and obnoxious kids or whatever... I think it's her, her like her friend's sister who has to take care of babysitting these kids or something. Okay, I think is, okay. Is the concept. I, I can see how this might be a funny stand-up gag, but someone heard this thought it was really funny and that it needed to be turned into an animated film and ultimately a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> and that person was wrong. Yeah, well, I actually did a little, sadly, did a little research on this, and by that I mean read the Wikipedia page, which mm-hmm. may or may not be true. That's more but, than Bebe's kids deserves, yeah. <laughs> really. We <laughs> should uh, read his Sean Bebe's page. Actually, the, the comedian died during pre-production of the movie. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, so that might be one reason why the film didn't turn out so well, and the game associated with the game, therefore, didn't turn out so well either. That's wild. Um, yeah. So, who knows? Maybe maybe it could have been a really good film. Who knows? But clearly one of the driving creative forces was not able to actually participate in, in the movie itself. So, uh, yeah. On that happy note, welcome to episode 103, guys. Yeah, hang on one sec. I'm, uh, I'm going to Sean Baby's page so I can find the page about Baby's kids. Because it's, it's very important. It's very, right. This is we need to at least one in. like quote or something, like the twenty worst games of all time. Uh, this is number. Wait, I can't find it. It's not one of the twenty worst games ever made. I don't believe that. That's it, 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 absolutely terrible game. That's astounding. I know I read about it here. Wow, and his website is kind of hard to navigate. Yeah, and Google's <laughs> not helping either. It's kind of a mess. All right. Well, we don't have a choice quote from Sean Baby, yeah, unfortunately. No. He did write something. I'm seeing forum posts, but uh, yeah. Oh well. Um, don't worry, guys. Uh, I am not choosing horrible games for all five selections because oh, it's episode you. 103. Thank you, thank you. Thank um, it was actually a suggestion from a listener. Uh, they wrote <laughs> in saying, "Hey, for episode 103, why don't you do a bunch of really crappy games with crappy soundtracks? That'll be great." And I, I like the idea in, in theory, but I wouldn't want to subject my right. listenership to it, that. It sounds like a funny idea, but no one would actually want to listen <laughs> to it. Right. So I figured one one choice selection would be uh, would be good, <laughs> and this one actually has some historical relevance for the show. So. I guess so. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough, enough. <laughs> Spare me now. Thank you.
soothing after uh, baby's kids. It it is. I'm glad you let that play for a while. It's uh very Japanese. Very Japanese. But very pretty. Sounds like an RPG. I have a guess. Wait for it, man. Wait. Where must you go to switch your playable character? Hmm.
Try not to pick the most memorable songs from this game. Do you think you know what it is, Johnny? Yes, I was going to guess Final Fantasy for the After Years, because it definitely had a distinct Final Fantasy sound to the first couple songs, but I didn't recognize the melodies. So I thought, well, maybe it's this kind of spin-off thing that I'm not as familiar with. I haven't played it nearly as much. But then the last song is extremely familiar from my childhood, so it couldn't be from the after years. And so I, I, this is a kind of a guess, but I'm going to go with Illusion of Gaia. You're right. Yeah, I got it. I'm surprised you've never used this before. I, I could have sworn I've used it before, so I, I'm like not trusting my records, but I'm not seeing it in there. That's wild. And maybe may one of those games that I've selected several times and then pushed off for something else that someone else wanted because <laughs> this one's too easy or... I don't know, because uh, it's shocking I haven't used it, but yeah. well, it's, you know, maybe, I, maybe I've been saving it for you all, these, all this time, because you know? so, <laughs> well, I know you love this game. Thanks, I do, I love this game. Illusion of Gaia is, um, is, is a Super NES game that is very much in the style of A Link to the Past, but the style of, well, the gameplay style is very much like A Link to the Past, and you can't say that for many games, right? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like Link to the Past. It, it's had more linear structure, although I mean Link to the Past is pretty linear, but it doesn't have that sort of broad overworld. That's true. But in, ter- in terms of the uh, battle mechanics, it it definitely feels like the puzzle gives you actually harder than a Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, but the, but I th- I think the, the playing the game f- feels much like a Link to the Past, but I'd say the style of it, the personality of it, is quite different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and it, it's a game I've talked about. It feels like I've talked about it a lot. I don't maybe not no. on this podcast, maybe on others, but has one of the most memorable stories you will ever experience in a video game. And it 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 explores territory that no other video game really delves with, and certainly not back in the mid '90s. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful game. the The artwork is wonderful. The music is wonderful, and the game has a lot of variety. You every every level takes place in a different ancient ruin around the Earth, and it, it, it's weird because it, it takes place in real locations. Like you know, one level is the Great Wall of China, and another level is the yeah. ancient pyramids of Egypt. And yet, the game is full of strange sci-fi and and fantasy elements, and it's a very mysterious story. And it's almost like an alternate dimension. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, I don't remember the story all that well, to be honest. Um, but I do remember this one part where you're stuck on a raft, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you and you wind up having to eat uh, the pet pig for sustenance. And, it, and the music when you're waiting, you're just sort of waiting around. I don't know that that one got burned into my head. It's an amazing sequence, and I think a lot of a lot of games have copied that since then. I mean, even like Uncharted Three, the famous desert scene where you're stuck in the desert and you're just wandering for days, and there's there's no right or wrong way to play it. You just kind of have to endure it for ten minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They they make you cook in it long enough that it feels like you're never going to get out. It makes you sympathize with the character. And Illusion Guy is the same way. It's an RPG. You're stuck on a raft. There's like one person you can talk to, and she says only a couple of things every day. And really, you just kind of have to sit around and wait for it. And it doesn't, I mean, all in all, the whole sequence doesn't take that long to get through. But while you're in it, it feels really slow and awkward. And it feels like it takes a long time. And you realize it really makes you feel like you're trapped on the raft with these people. And there's nothing to do except sit there and wait and hope for something to happen. 
it's amazing. I mean, it's great storytelling, you know, it's maybe not that interactive, but from a video game standpoint, I don't think anyone had ever done anything like that back then. Well, my experience with this game is, is I saw it, I must have been out at like a friend's house or a party, maybe it was kind of like a holiday party or something, and uh, and I saw someone playing, I didn't know what game it was, and like it looks sort of like a Zelda game, but I, I didn't know what it was, no one ever told me the game, I watched them play, I think maybe it was like the section when, when you're rescuing the slaves. Very emotional. And um, and for a long time, I just, I didn't know what game it was, it looked interesting, I just didn't know the name of it. And uh, eventually I found it, and and I, I bought it at a used game store, and I just blasted through it, it's a really good game. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has some, I'd say it has a few quirks in, in some of the battle mechanics, in terms of some of the collision stuff, but overall it's... I mean, it's a solid game, and it's it's a crime. It's not on the virtual console. Absolute crime. Yeah, it's one of those games that often sort of has made me think about going and picking up like a retro duo or something, yeah. like a like a new machine that I can use to play old games, because the game itself, if I could find it, I'm sure it would work perfectly. But the problem is, my Super Nintendo doesn't work very well anymore, and it's way across the country, and the mm-hmm. audio and visual, you know, the video jacks out of it are really crappy. So I, this is like one of those games that you either have to, you know, you, it makes you either want someone to emulate it really well, or it makes you want to go out and just find the original copy and just get a good machine to play it on. But it, well, it's Johnny, so good. If, if you're ever over at my house, I'm, I've got a Super Nintendo that works and I got the game. So. Ah, nice. Yeah. Anyway, do you remember the uh, the name of the uh, area you go to switch your playable character? It's, it's another dimension. Um... I'm going to say it's maybe called something like the Dark Realm. You're very close. It's called Dark Space. Dark Space, right. It's a very evocative name. <laughs> yeah. And the really weird thing that always stood out to me was you can like save and exit the game, and when you do it, it just plays that first melody you heard just forever. It's like it's sort of... It's just... It's there. I don't know why they do it. You only heard that song after you've exited the game, essentially, and it's just sort of waiting for you to turn it off. <laughs> it's just a really weird touch. I, yeah. I like it. Though. The game has a lot of weird touches. It's a really an odd little game. So our European listeners might know the, the sequel to this game, which is Terranigma. Um, our Japanese listeners might know the prequel to it, which is called Soul Blazer, which is unfortunately pretty rare in the West, and I've never really played Soul Blazer. But Illusion of Guy is in between there, and I've played some Terranigma on an emulator a long time ago, and I think I like Illusion of Gaia much better, uh, personally. But um, I, I would love to play more of Terranigma, for sure. I'd love to play a, a legit version of it. Uh, and it's again, it's one of those games where there's really no good reason it's not on Virtual Console. So, who knows? This was made by, some, I think, some of the same people who did Act Razor. Yeah, it's the same company, yeah. I think. Quintet. Quintet and published by Enix. Yep. Yeah. And ActRaiser's been on Virtual Console for a long time, so... Yep. What gives, folks? I don't understand Illusion of Guy. It's a lost treasure. More people should play it. All right, well, that was a request from Peter Fingler from Saskatchewan, Canada, so thank you for that request. Thank you, indeed. <laughs>
I like that melody a lot. It has kind of a constipated sound to it, the, the instrument. music was written by someone who really understands 8-bit composition. Yeah, I agree. It's fantastic stuff, whatever this game is. it's This music is awesome. Well, this game's level design prominently features what type of secret device?
Fun times. Mm. Any guesses? I have a guess. I feel like you've probably used this before, but I'm going to guess Wario Land 2. Um, no. No, uh, this is an NES game. I mean, it sounds like an NES game, but then... All Game Boy well, games sound kind of like NES Well, games. my first thought was Simon's Quest, Castlevania 2, because the first couple songs sounded very Castlevania-y. And then, based on your hint question, I thought, well, that sounds more like a like a Wario Land game. And then the third song was definitely not Castlevania, so I had to rule that out. So, mm. yeah. So what is it? This is Codename Viper for the NES, which uh, I've never it's played. It's a Capcom. It. I know it's a Capcom game. It's kind of um, a run and gun game with uh, some some reasonable platforming. Hmm. Uh, it seems like the main hook of the game is, is there are these secret doors throughout the levels that uh, are just sort of like the old-fashioned ones that like sort of turn around, and so enemies pop out, like jump out of them, or you push whatever up or whatever it is to go into the door, and, and you rescue someone who's captured, or there's a power-up behind the door that you can collect after you do that. Um, but it, it's it's a pretty straightforward game, I think. It, it's basically an action game. Um not, doesn't seem like there's too much to it, but it, it's kind of lengthy levels, and obviously the music's really good. It is very good. So, uh, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the video, a video of uh, someone playing it, and I couldn't quite make sense of what made it so unique, but uh, certainly music's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say about it. For sure. <laughs> I'm honestly not familiar with it, so I can't, I can't say a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, on to game four. Do you think you know it? I think part... I think I know it somewhere deep inside. <laughs> In my heart, I know it.
Is that a... Oh, God, I can't think of it. Yeah, this is the best and the worst part of Radio Trivia. (laughs) (laughs) When I I know that I know it, but I know that I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's a little nudge of a question here. The blue hero of this game goes by what name? song didn't give me enough time to think. <sighs> no ideas. All I the hint questions really screwing with me. Um yeah, it's possible I'm colorblind. <laughs> uh, all I can think of is like that 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 slime that early Super Nintendo game that was like slime ball or uh Crap, I can't even remember the name of it now. Um, just tell me. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's Smart Ball. Smart Ball, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> wow, that music is really serene. For That's an action game. That is a platformer. Yeah, I've, I've played Smart Ball. I really like Smart Ball, actually. It's a really interesting platformer. I, I, I only watched a little bit of it. It's kind of a slow-paced game. Um, which, I guess, fits the music. The music fits it, then. But yeah, it's like the most pensive platforming music I've heard. It's beautiful. It's really nice. It is gorgeous, yeah. I I remember um, I played this game when I was staying with my grandparents not too long after I got my Super Nintendo, and we wanted to rent a game, and so my grandparents took us to uh, their rental store, which was nearby, and that's always kind of exciting. I I don't know if, if people nowadays can appreciate this, but when I was a kid... You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have many any, any gaming magazines really that were good, and or at least not ones that I read. And so, if you went to a new rental store, you know, like every rental store had a different selection of games because mm-hmm. none of them yeah. had every game. And we didn't get to buy games very often. That was like a birthday thing or a Christmas maybe. So, um, so we rented a lot of games. And going to a new store was exciting. Like we would go rent games when we went on vacation. Because oh, yeah. they had different games than the ones back home. So you'd go in there and you'd see games that you'd never heard of before. And who knows if they were any good. But you could try them for not much money, you know. Right. Um, and so that's how I played Smart Ball. I rented it at a rental store near my grandparents' house. And I played it at their house. It's a very specific memory, actually. Because 
it, I, I almost never, ever, ever played video games at my grandparents' house. But so this must have been right after I got the Super Nintendo, and I like couldn't let it out of my hands. So I must have, you know, insisted that I take it with me. Smart Ball is a is a really cool game. It's a 2D platformer, and your character is like this ball of goo that can compress or stretch upward, and you and it sticks to walls. And mm-hmm. so, it, I guess that aspect of it definitely would be slow paced, and that you know it's kind of like the Spider Ball in Metroid That's Two. That's what I was just gonna say. When you're kind of like rolling on the walls and and sort of exploring that way, and Metroid Two style. <laughs> yeah, and the, but then you can also like squeeze thin to go through small gaps, you know, and, and come out the other side a little bit like in, um, there's a little bit that of that in Dynamite Heady, I think, when you, you squeeze through the walls and, uh, there's something else too I'm thinking of, but yeah, anyway, it's a really cool game. I think it's kind of a precursor to Claymates. Hmm. I don't know if it's made by the same people or anything, but it reminds me of that. It's an earlier game. Uh, it's a very early Super Nintendo game, but it reminds me of that a little bit. Well, uh, one thing I want to point out is that the um, the name of the character is Jerry, and I guess you didn't collect <laughs> Jerry. That's so yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> you, any sense. Well, here's why I think it makes sense. This is a Japanese developed game. Mm-hmm. Jerry, Jelly, <sighs> Jelly Boy. You're right. His name is Jelly. Yeah. So that is great. In Japan, it's named Jerry Boy. They might have meant Jelly Boy. <laughs> that must be it. That is brilliant. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that blew your mind. You really did. <laughs> you really did. Because as a kid, I would not have known that. You know, like, I would. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Japanese back then. So, I never would have caught that. I mean, Jerry is such a strange name for a video game character. That's the only thing that makes sense. Right. I mean, Jerry is, especially for a character who is a blue you know slime ball basically slime mori mori kind of a thing right know, like, right like rocket slime yeah he looks uh, a little bit like rocket slime he's like a ball of blue goo with eyes yeah yeah I can see that so <laughs> if the internets are to be believed this game was interestingly published by Sony <laughs> for Super Nintendo <laughs> yeah wow that's there and, aren't many uh, games published by Sony for Super NES well if it was really early it was probably before they planned on making their own system yeah, well, I knew there were a few, but there, but Sony just wasn't a big game publisher. I mean, yeah. they, you know, back then they, there was no Sony Computer Entertainment before PlayStation came out. Yeah, so, I think this is like so- copyright Sony Music Entertainment or something, right? Weird like that. Yeah, because that would have been their publishing arm, their yeah. only publishing arm back then. So yeah, it would have been done under the music label. So there really aren't very many games published by Sony before PlayStation came out. And the other thing, if, once again, if the internets are to be believed, is that Game Freak co-developed this game. Game Freak? Really? Yeah. Now that Which is I, extremely I interesting. Yeah, I mean, from the makers of Drill Dozer and Pokemon and, uh, what's the Genesis game? Voltman? Um, uh, not Spark Syrup, but it's something kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I can't think um, of it right now, but... Yeah, so that, they do have a yeah. history with 2D platformers, and yeah. I, I think especially when, when I think about Drill Dozer... Uh, which is a pretty slow-paced platformer as well. I, I can see that comparison a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. It's Smart Ball, requested by Eric from Garland, Texas. What an odd, interesting little choice. I like it. One last game here for you. One final game. For me? For you.
I was with that song until the New Jack City started. And <laughs> yeah. that actually makes me wonder, it might give me an idea of what game this is from. The underwater sounds and then the Michael Jackson dangerous album era <laughs> beats coming in.
I want to point out that that song is three minutes and 33 seconds long. So this is Eternal Darkness? (laughs) No. No, it's not. (laughs) I don't know what it is, man. Hit me. All right. This game borrows much of its controls from which other game on the same platform? ideas Johnny um, I have an idea that I have played this game before but that's about as much as you're going to get out of me oh well this is your most disappointing game of 2011 Monster Tale for the DS <laughs> I see <laughs> yeah you know actually that was one of my sort of complaints about the game is the music is good but not incredibly memorable um, whereas I felt like for Henry Hatsworth it was pretty striking hmm but, um, well, I, I think they're definitely going after Castlevania-style music in at least some of these songs. Yeah, but again, not as memorable as Castlevania music. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I thought it was okay. It, Monster Tell is a good game. It, unfortunately, here, here's the sad thing about Monster Tell. Number one, there's a lot of other games like it on DS. Mm-hmm. So, it's not the best of its kind, right? right. So that that's a problem. Number two... It's fairly difficult to find. It's published by Majesco. It's not a super common game. There were never any great deals on it or anything like that. So if you were mildly interested, you probably didn't get it. You had to like really go after it to find it. And number three, because it's not exceptional in any way, you weren't likely to make that effort. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't think that many people actually played it. I had a free copy of it, and it was a demo, uh, like a preview version. Yes, that's the same copy I had. Oh, did we get two copies of that? I don't know. It's inside baseball. Anyway, I actually pulled the music from the review copy after I had... Uh... <laughs> You've been holding it this long, huh? No, I recorded it when I was done with the game, knowing that I would eventually use it. <laughs> um, yes, I plan ahead sometimes. Yeah, wow. 
that's why I'm surprised I haven't used this game yet. In fact, I almost don't trust my records again. But uh, I could have sworn I used this game with Neil, but maybe I didn't. Uh, maybe we decided on something else. Because uh, Neil also played the <laughs> a, a preview build of the. Uh, did anyone who played the game? That's that's pay why for no it? one bought it because everyone played preview <laughs> copies of it. It was a it, it, actually it was really a review copy. I just didn't review it. You know, I told them I would not review it, but um, right. because I I'm retired from game reviews. But uh, but it was a complete copy of the game. I played it and I beat it, and it it only really gets even remotely challenging at the very 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 end of the game and it does so in kind of the worst possible way yeah there's a lot of grinding or, or kill rooms a lot of kill rooms that are just just onslaughts of enemies where you don't have a chance to heal and it's not really fun or even very strategic it's more of just like an endurance thing and hope you get lucky I thought some of the bosses were hard I died a couple of times on the bosses but certainly the the main platforming area it's slow paced I don't think it was as easy as what you're saying but it certainly it kind of felt like you were you were trudging along it didn't help that you backtracked a lot not in a good way no I mean pe- people who who rag on Metroid for all the backtracking do not ever play Monster Tail because you have not seen backtracking until you play yeah. this game. It, it, I mean, really, the stuff in Metroid is fairly organic in comparison. Monster Tail, it, it, the game literally tells you, go over here. Oh, you made it to this side? Okay, now go to the complete opposite side. Over and, and over again. And, 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 it, and also, it literally tells you that for no reason. Like, there's no story conceit for why you would need to go over here. There's no kind of organic, well, I know that I saw that place before that I couldn't go to, and now I have this new power. No, it just tells you, go way, way over here. Yeah. And, and, and it's just constantly back and forth, and it's really tedious. I, I think it's too bad. The mechanics are good, but the game... The overall game design uh, of the world is is very crude. Yeah, it, it's like it's kind of like my first Metroidvania. It's maybe good for kids, but I think if you've played other games in this genre that they're very clearly aping, this is not a great example of of, of how to make this kind of game. Yeah. It's too bad. I, I did li- I did like the familiar system because I, I don't usually use the familiars in the Castlevania games, but uh, I, I enjoyed using Chomp. Yeah, I thought it was one thing you have but, to use it, but but generally he is pretty effective. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do offense or defense, and you can have him just sort of healing, or you can have him pummeling guys. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they, they did a good job. There. The problem is they didn't integrate that into a highly compelling game. Yeah, I mean, the the, the problem with the familiar is it's mostly only used for the combat, and I felt like most of the game I didn't really need the help in the combat. And then when I did need his help, he wasn't really effective enough. Yeah. Like he, he, he helped, but not a lot. And so when when I did get to the end and the combat got real hairy, all of a sudden he was really just kind of distracting more than anything. So uh, it, it's a game, it's a really neat idea. I don't think they executed on it well enough. I, I think the artwork is great. The music is good. The controls are good. There's a lot of good things about the game, but it's not what I was looking for. It was my it was my most highly anticipated game of 2011, and uh, and unfortunately, most disappointing. probably yeah. yeah, just for because of the potential that it had. I think Henry Hatsworth is so good, and really came out of the blue and was like, what in the world? And also, I just think the genres that they paired up in Henry Hatsworth work better together 
than the genres in Monster Tale. Well, I, I think it's been on record already on this podcast that I am not as big a fan of Henry Hatsworth as you. I, I gave up on it. The Kilt Rooms just turned me off way too much. Fair enough, and I, and, I, and I think that's a regrettable aspect of the game, but you have to admit, playing Tetris Attack is more fun than playing, you know, Tamagotchi. It, it and, is, and ultimately, except that's, if that's you aren't good issue. at playing Tetris Attack, you play too slowly and you spend way too much time in that, and you go nowhere. Yeah, that's that, what I found. That that, that can happen, but it, I think that's also sort of forces you to become better at it. Yeah, Ultimately, yeah. Henry Hatsworth is just a more exciting game. It is. I mean, it's faster paced and it's more exciting. It's more difficult. Um, that's a more interesting presentation too, by far. Yes, the characterization is definitely a lot crazier. Yeah. yeah. More funny. Yeah. Well, that's gonna wrap up the show. Um, I hope you enjoyed episode 103 and wasn't. Uh, as bad as you were hoping it would be. It feels like it went by really fast. Maybe that was just the V V V V V V V. Anyway, thank you, Johnny, for uh, co-hosting. Anytime, man. It was it was practically effortless on my part, so I'm quite <laughs> happy to do it. <laughs> All I had to do was sit here and scratch my head and describe myself scratching my head. Well, if you have a uh, request, don't forget, you can either email me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com or you can use the form, which is on the website. It's linked on every um, page associated with the episode. So just click on that link, it'll send you to a form, and you can request that way too. Uh, It has to be a game released in North America on a Nintendo platform, but that's about it. Uh, Anything goes, uh, given those constraints, of course, I have to like the music and be able to find the music <laughs> but uh, beyond that um, anything goes so please 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 send your requests I got a bunch of really good ones I used one or two of them this week but I always want more more I'm greedy so get me more 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 I always want more <laughs> more I don't know how to end this help me Johnny yes and you can hear me over on Radio Free Nintendo every week very good then well uh, goodbye everyone Bye.
Baby's Kids is copyright 1994 Radical Motown Games. Illusion of Gaia is copyright 1994 Quintet Enix Mariko Ohara Moto Hagio Nesuhiro Kawasaki. Codename Viper is copyright 1989 Capcom. Smartball is copyright 1991 Sony Music Entertainment Japan. Monster Tale is copyright 2011 Dream Rift. Alright, here's your question, Johnny. Mm, I have so many questions of my own. Mike? Oh, I am oh. microphone. I thought I'm that muted. might be the case. <laughs> I know, you have a lot of uh, finagling to do over there. I, so. I was I was checking the status of the fire. That's, oh, I see. It has kind of a constipated sound to it, the, the instrument. Oh, I thought you meant the fire. <laughs> he calls himself the inventor of being funny on the internet. <laughs>